with your powers combined, we are fan holes. Go, go, go fan can't believe there's a chat room big enough to hold all of our present bodies. Wow. <laughs> of all the things I missed about the show, I miss Tony being wrong always. We've already got a me. We don't need another me. <laughs> oh boy, of the sheer episode. Ah <laughs> uh, yes, Derek. Lover of lobster women. Defender of Starfire's fidelity. I just want to know, who is the consultant? Who could he be? <laughs> no! I have no heart! <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's gonna relate to a, a talking cat that eats lasagna. I'll okay. do it, but I want to be immediately killed afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Derek, in your Derek layer, do you have a list of that tells you like how to take down the other fan holes? Should we like go crazy? How does my stupid voice sound? You sound beautiful. Like ten times sexier. Good job. No one gets us. Because we don't explain it. When you hug them, when you squeeze them, when you hug the lonesome cleaving, you feel the love of the hug-a-bunch. Hug-a-bunch dolls, each sold separately with a huglet. Huggins with hug-a-bunch, sticker with jitterbugs, tickles with jigglers. Yes, Hey guys, welcome back to another Huggerific, Friendtastic, Happy Happy episode of Fanholes Podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Derek, Derek WC. I'm going to be one of your hosts tonight, and I am joined by three, count them, three of my fellow fan holes. Why don't you guys give a shout-out, give everybody hugs, and let everybody know who's here tonight. Hey, it's Mike, and why do you hate us so much, Derek? <laughs> hey, this is Justin, and something very mystifying is going on. <laughs> Hey guys, this is Tony. My shoe! Alright, so we are here, we're here tonight to talk about the film called Hug-A-Bunch. And this came about, I, I had no idea this crazy-ass film existed. And of course, this is part of our our endeavor, our, our monthly content that we're bringing to you that is titled Attack of the Killer Blue Cupcakes Month. And this is another weird, for the sake of being weird, type film. This is super weird. It is a 1985 television film. It's produced by a company called Filmfare Communications, or Carousel. And it was written by David Swift and directed by Gus Jekyll. It earned, listen to this, it earned a Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Visual Effects. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> this just makes me laugh, okay? And and this is all from Wikipedia, so who the fuck knows if it's true, but I'm still going to laugh at it anyway. Produced for U.S. dollars, $1.4 million is what this thing cost. Like, clearly there must have been a $1 million Coke slush fund somewhere, and they spent the point four on the actual fucking TV film. But anyway... It was the most expensive TV special ever produced at the time in 1985. And then it says, along with a making of special, it was released on VHS and Laserdisc and Beta by Vesteron Video's Children's Video Library. And to date, shock of fucking shocks, 
it has not been released on DVD and or Blu-ray. I, I know I know you guys are all dying for the ultra 4K fucking edition of Hug a Bunch the movie, but it doesn't look like it's on the horizon anytime fucking soon. I just didn't know it was the fucking Wizard of Oz of 1985. Fuck. Yeah. So Okay, so so we we did a comics book, you know, a comics motherfucker episode where we talked about Star Comics, and as a gag, I made Tony read an issue of Hug a Bunch, and I thought that that would be humorous. And in sort of doing some research on Hug a Bunch, not only you know researching and finding out about the toy line and all this other stuff, I discovered and I tried to impart onto Tony that there was this wackadoo movie actually and and of course i fell through the youtube rabbit hole and started watching it and i couldn't it was like a clown car wreck i couldn't take my fucking eyes off the screen i couldn't help but watch this thing and i figured well we're going to podcast about this comic book anyway so i might as well be well informed about you know what i'm talking about but for for any like I, i'm gonna do a, a sort of high level synopsis that's like about a sentence and then i'm gonna do kind of like a paragraph synopsis that's kind of like something i i cobbled together from like various sources like reviews i read online and imdb or whatever just to get the the quick and dirty synopsis out of the way and then i have like 12 million bullet points about all the crazy blue cupcakes wackadoo shit that is in this special so 10,000 foot level, shout out to Shag Matthews for the 10,000 foot level overview. A girl travels through her mirror into Hugaland to find a way to keep her grandmother, the only one who knows how to hug, young. And that I think I cobbled from IMDB. And here's my sort of cobbled synopsis. The Hug-A-Bunch is the story of a polite young girl named Bridget Severson. She lives with her parents, brother, occasionally visiting aunt and grandmother. Everyone but Bridget's grandmother is too busy for hugging or showing affection. Her brother Andrew is way too into baseball to hug, and her parents are always busy with work. She soon finds out they've talked her grandmother into going into a nursing home. Bridget is justifiably upset by this turn of events and wants to save her grandmother from moving to a retirement community. That's like Tony Soprano. It's a retirement community! After all, Grams is the only one in her family that gives her hugs. To that end, Bridget follows a little creature. This is from the synopsis I stole. It's a creature. Accurate. A little creature. A little creature named Huggins threw her closet mirror to a magic location called Huggaland. The only way for her to keep Grams in the house is to travel to Huggaland and obtain... <laughs> I can't even say this with a straight face. To obtain the Youngberries from the Youngberry tree. She can't do this without her pal Huggins, who also loves to hug. Don't forget the hugs. Along the way, she meets a slew of characters from Huggins' friends to a patchwork elephant named Hodgepodge that she saves by hugging them. She learns from the bookworm that the only Youngberry tree belongs to the evil queen. Unfortunately, since the only Youngberry tree grows in the land of shrugs, she'll have to cross the sea of broken glass, pass the hairy behemoth, and sneak into the evil queen of quartz's Queen Admira's castle to steal the Youngberries to save her grams. Will Bridget succeed? Well, 
that's what we're here to find out tonight. So you guys have all watched this. I kind of gave the the down and dirty synopsis. I've got like a litany of bullet points to go over here. But why, why don't you regale us all with with first impressions, I suppose, or or you know, however you want to start. Like obviously, you guys have never seen this before. Like this is me. I've I we we've sort of established I'm an evil son of a bitch, and I forced you all to watch this because I couldn't bear the thought of only me having seen this weird, weird, like thing it's like tantamount to i don't know the star wars holiday special or like the legends of the superheroes or something i feel like like it's like it's like oh you gotta watch this train wreck of a tv special what are you talking about derek i watched this on easter and christmas and the fourth of july (laughs) (laughs) i I really pity the kids who like this (laughs) (laughs) what the hell is wrong with you to, to, steal, to steal a line from Tony, first of all, fuck you for making us watch this, Derek. <laughs> uh. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, but uh, you're serious. This, How many millions of dollars did this cost to make? I, I'm, I'm convinced that one million of it went to the Coke Slush Fund, but <laughs> it says it was produced for $1.4 million, and that's U.S. dollars. It's not you know, I don't know, Canadian dollars or whatever. It was, it was, it was money, like cash money, 1.4 million. It says it was the most expensive TV special ever fucking produced in 1985. It went, it all went to that like descending, like glass container for the tree that the queen had, I bet. I guess, man. Maybe they were real young berries. Like they actually made people young and that's why it got so much money. I don't, I don't know. Sure as hell didn't get acting lessons. Jesus. Well, that that that's something that's worth talking about because because I'll 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 just get into some of my notes based on that comment. But like we, when it opens up, it's this kind of standard. I mean, I don't know. Like Tony will probably know what I'm talking about. I don't know if Justin or Mike will. Like when they had that establishing shot of the the Severinsen house household. Like, did you get like an eight is enough vibe from that home? Like, yeah, like yeah. That it, it had like a bunch of rooms and shit. Like, I, I, you expected like more people to live in the house or something like that. Like, cause that's way just... too big for a family of five. Yeah, that's like a right, like, right. ten bedroom house. Right, right. So I was, I, I was. That's why I was thinking about eight is enough, and I was just kind of like, okay, well, what, what's going on there? And then you know, of course, the 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 quote, which I I couldn't help but you know quote in the the comics books episode that we did, but and and Justin mentioned it as well. But you know the the whole you're talking about acting, right? Like, I mean, these kids have straight up Kevin Williamson's Dawson's Creek, like seven going on eight year old, like talking like an adult, like you know, like like the you know, there's something very mystifying going on around. Like, who, what seven or eight year old says mystifying? Like, what? See, like I. I, I I had that in the back of my head. Like, I remembered you saying that. So when I started watching it, like, I really noticed all that stuff. And I was like, Derek is absolutely right. Like, no no little girl is going to be that well-spoken and use those, like, words like that. I mean, I mean, I guess, like, I, I, I don't want to get, like, I mean, we're here to be, like, overly critical and make fun of it. But I don't, I don't want to get critical in a slanted, like... I, I don't know how to explain it. Like, I don't want to target any specific types of people or philosophies or anything like that. But, I mean, th- there is that aspect to it that it's very much like a, 
uh, promotional slash propaganda slash video where it's like it, it it reminds me of when I when I was doing my acting thing I had to do these videos where they were like you know corporate like educational videos you know where it's like you you say it, it, it's kind of the equivalent of Star Trek techno babble but for for, for whatever agenda is at hand. So like in the case of what I was doing, it was about, you know, talking about like, you know, FEMA regulations and rules, you know, it's like nobody in a normal conversation is like, Hey bro, you got to use this kind of plywood and not that kind of plywood because FEMA says blah, blah, blah. You know, like there's nobody, no human being talks like that. And it's, it's kind of the same thing with this. It's like you, you have these bullet points of like, okay, we got to establish that, the you know, it's, it's, there's something strange going on in the household. And then we have to establish that grandma is leaving. And then we have to establish that there's psychological ramifications for grandma. You know, it's like, it's like, wait, what? It's like the, the little girl can't. Would it be considered purple prose? I, I was like, yeah, but, but that, this is what cracks me up though, because you, you have that mandate, right? So she understands the word mystifying mystifying because you know she's got the little accent right but she's it's like it's like she understands the word mystifying she can pronounce the word mystifying but then she doesn't know how to pronounce crisis like uh, it's she's like this is a crisis on infinite earths you know or whatever <laughs> and, and and the little brother's like it's a crisis dummy like you know and i'm just like well wait like can she, does she not understand what's going on? Is she acting older than she is? But then she says weird shit. Like, this, I couldn't exactly figure out, because, like, she can't, we talked about how it's kind of propaganda-ish, and maybe there are agendas behind this, or or at least, at the very least, it's 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 got agenda in the sense that it's, like, kind of like those filmation after-school messages, you know, the, the kind of like, hey, kids, you know, today we learned that you know, sticking grandmas in the old folks' home isn't good. And Orko comes out and it's like, yeah! And it's like, you know, it's just like, you know, it's like sitting there, like, Looky, Looky comes out and is like, is like, but what we did learn is that hugging, like, solves all your fucking problems! Yeah, that's right, Looky, and so the next time, like, you're uh, about to be broke and thrown out of your home and it's going to be foreclosed on, make sure to hug the banker, because that'll fix all your problems. And now we know! You know, or what? Like that's basically like what kind of what's going on, even though it doesn't make any sense. And then, and then everything catches fire, and Blowtorch runs in and goes, "Get the fuck out of here!" Blowtorch <laughs> <Pork> sandwiches. <laughs> but there's this weird line where she says, because they're they're like the the parents are calling to her when she's upstairs playing with her stuffed animals and shit, and she talks to the stuffed animals, right? And she says. Hamanini never have time to do anything, and I'm just like, is that like? I I mean, I tried to look this up because I don't I don't get this. Like, it that's a curse in lieu. I mean, is that like saying fudge sticks or something? Like, I don't like. I'm like, <laughs> she's 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 like Mr. Bird. She's like, oh, what a weak pity of a thick pickle I'm in right now. <laughs> yeah, like that's what I was just kind of like, wait, wait, okay, so she's cursing like primates like i'm like i'm like in lieu of because she because she can't i guess cause she's a little kid and because of the type of film it is it's like she can't be like oh she's like oh god damn it <laughs> why am i being bothered you, you like, jack and apes yeah it's like but but instead it's like instead of saying that she's like hominini and i'm just like 
What? Wait, why do you know that? You're seven! Like, does not make any sense? Well, this is also the girl who named her stuffed penguin after the pimp downtown, so I mean, come on. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> Sweet William. Cooey, uh, that's a bad outfit! <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first note I had. I'm gonna call you Sweet William. Like, oh, okay. Uh, I'm gonna excuse myself from this episode. This is getting. I gotta look out. What a fucking script, all right? Sweet William, you want to play pimps and hoes? <laughs> oh, this fucking movie is so crazy. We're playing a new game called Whoop That Trick. Uh, Sweet William, so, okay. I ain't got your money, but it's nothing really mystifying <laughs> going on. Man, why all your why do all your stuffed animals got bruises and shit? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 no, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> no, no, this is awesome. So this this is a semi uh, as much as it can be. This is a semi serious question. Do you think fucking Nurse Ratchet, like Aunt Ruth or whatever, is is she just a living nurse and they're just calling her Aunt Ruth's, or is she like actually the sister to the mom and dad, like one of those? Because I don't know. That seemed a little weird like she doesn't really live there she just shows up as a nurse i'm like well it's like the aunt is a nurse and takes care of the uh, like i don't know that just seemed like super convenient but then at the same time why is she pushing for her to get why why is that if if she's really her daughter like the, the way she or, addresses or, like the father at the end i feel like they're like yeah. related or something just because yeah. so, so like dude. like she so she's she's like an in-law yeah, right she's like, like kind of thing you no know, she's like grandma let's go to the nursing home like, and like no well, well actually i'm in the opposite direction mike when you said that because i thought you were going to say the opposite which is what i was good at what i was agreeing with before you finished is like like does the movie have an agenda against nurses? Because, like, she starts crying. She's like, haven't you ever seen a grown nurse cry? I'm like, well, shit, is that all you are? <laughs> you know? Yeah, I guess. I I just felt like there was some kind of familiarity between them or something. Maybe he's having an affair with her or something. I, don't... <laughs> I, 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 didn't think of, I didn't think of it as any other way than they were related. But, like, okay, I don't know. Like, maybe that's just my own, like, experiences because, like, I have a relative who does take care of my grandmother, or she used to. Okay. So I, I, it didn't seem out of the ordinary for, for me. Okay. Well, I, I guess it, it does make sense that if she was a nurse, like, she is basically putting herself out of a job, so she would want the grandmother to stick around, you know, I guess, you know? Yeah, yeah. It, like, until she until she did that, like, 180 swing around at the very last second, like, she was kind of, you know, like... I don't know. I felt like she was going to be like, you'll all pay for this. You'll pay. <laughs> I was actually the queen the whole time. I actually thought she was like the same actress as the queen for our, like, uh, like until I watched the yeah. credits. Okay. I was like, oh, is this supposed to be like imagination land? And like, she's putting people she knows and like, you know, people's faces or whatever. But nope, they were yeah. different. people. Yeah, it is kind of weird that she did look kind of like Nurse, Nurse Ratchet. Like the more I look at her, I'm like, was that actually like Totally a coincidence that that's the line, you know, or is it like, you know, did they actually hire Nurse Ratchet? You know, but they didn't. 
That would have been two million dollars. Two point four million. What if it was just Ratchet, like the Transformer? Like, <laughs> oh, this is just great. I don't understand you, carbon-based like you know, life what, forms. What if it was just Jeffrey Combs, like dressed up as a nurse? <laughs> I mean, it probably would have made this like a thousand times better than it is. Like, we have to get grandmother out of here. You pink skins, we have to get grandmother to the home. <laughs> the older brother, the eleven-year-old older brother, his name is Andrew. I would think, at least to me and Tony, at any rate, that he has a super familiar face. He's a child actor. His name is Carl Stevens. Yeah. You may recognize him from TV shows. He did a lot of voice work, apparently, but I looked him up. He was in shows such as Weird Science, The Wonder Years, Out of This World, Punky uh-huh. Brewster, Webster, and Trapper John MD. Shout out to Mashcast. But yeah, he was he was in a bunch of TV shows. So I I, I was like sitting there thinking like he played the, he played the precocious smartass all yeah, the time, right? Yeah, I mean pretty much. I mean I can't think of the characters he would have played, but I'm sitting there going, oh yeah, I watched I watched all those shows. So uh, that's why his case would have seemed like super familiar to me. So like I totally recognized him. And like there I, I feel like Andrew's like ahead of the curve because he's already like into social media and it doesn't even exist yet because he's like, you know, listening to his headphones and he's on the computer and they in the synopsis they talk about he's just all about baseball because of the baseball caps that are part of the plot. But like I also kind of think He's just into, you know, like, the, I don't know. The, the, it seemed to me like part of the quote-unquote agenda of this is that Andrew was detached from his feelings because he was just focusing on computers and baseball and his headphones. Like, he's isolating himself. And, like, I don't know. I was going to ask you guys as a serious question. Like, do you buy that line of thinking? Like, do you think, like, smartphones and shit make people less likely to have conversations with each other or do do those stunt human interaction and growth or do you do you think it's individual like a case by case basis or i don't i don't know like for for me like i just kind of was you know i guess burying the lead like i, I don't know i've always i've always kind of thought that was a little i don't know erroneous or something cuz it's like i mean it it's just technology i mean it can be used for good and or ill right like if you choose to be isolated then yeah, like you, you could use that as a crutch and say, oh, well, you know, I'm just going to stare at my cell phone and not talk to human beings because I don't feel like it. But you know what? How do you know they're not using that cell phone to like text somebody to come meet them at a bar later? Or, you know, I mean, we're using technology right now to have human interactions across the fucking continent. So like, I don't, you know, I don't buy that JMS thing where he's got like, you know, Superman sir walks a lot, you know, walking through America and then he's looking at all these people on their cell phones and they're not talking to each other. And, they, and you know, it's like the author talking through the character going, oh, woe is the world because the, these kids are all about the smartphones and they're not looking at one another, you know, but it's like, you know, well, fuck you. You don't know what they're doing on their fucking phones. Like, I mean, for all you know, like they're they're setting up like the rest of their lives and, and I don't know, whatever. I don't know. I just, I, I always thought that was kind of like, a very black and white view of something that had a lot of gray areas. But I, I just thought I was curious, like what you guys thought, like, do you think this kid is, you know, the brother is, is sort of lacking in, in human empathy because he's into baseball and computers or do you, what, what do you guys think about that notion? I think he's just poor at like figuring out what he wants out of life. Cause he's not a fan of any sort of baseball team. He likes all the baseball mm, teams. Yeah. 
what the fuck's up with that? But no, as far as like your 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 bigger picture, I mean, on on the same hand, you know, if you're not on social media or if you're not technologically savvy in some shape or form, if you don't know what you're doing with like today's technology, you actually are more likely to be isolated because everybody is on texting or messenger or Skype or Facebook oh. or whatever. So like, I think the dynamic has changed to where you meet people in different areas easier. It's like, yeah, you may not say hi to the guy at the bus stop when you're waiting to go to work. But like, I don't I mean, did you want to say hi to that asshole in the first place? Or you just didn't have any fucking options, you know? Right, like, right, right. And, and, and maybe, maybe saying is that's more a reflection on the person saying that, right? Maybe, maybe they don't want to admit that they can't join the rest of the, the current world in using you know, the current technology to have human interaction, right? Like, I'm, I don't know. Like, Yeah, yeah, it's not like a knock, but it's like, hey, just because you can't fucking find somebody on, you know, meatfarmers.com ain't my fucking problem, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you guys have any thoughts on that, Mike or Justin? I can see, like, you know, their their point, I guess. I mean, like, I, it, it scares me today that uh, I'll go, my best friend, like, when he, like, he lives in another country now, but when he comes home and he goes, like, to stay with his mom, like, I go over to, like, see him and pick him up or whatever. His niece lives there, too, and she's only, like, three years old. And she, like, knows how to work a tablet, and I'm kind of, like, amazed by that. Like, and she, like, goes and picks up her tablet, and she knows how to get to her game and whatever. And, like, I suppose if you're raised, like, in today's, like, world with with all this technology, you can be, like, you know, kind of indoctrinated into it and think that, you know, well, this is what you should be looking at when you're not doing anything else you absolutely have to do, basically. So... Like, I I mean, I can see their point of view, but like, I think, you know, if you're a fully developed, you know, human being and there's someone to tell you like, hey, like you can't be looking at that screen all the time. Like, you know, you know, you have common sense. I think we all have common sense enough to know that you can't like live on your phone or whatever. But, uh, you know, with certain circumstances, like, you know, I I suppose it it, it's a it's a good lesson. Like, I think I was kind of like when the grandma was kind of like, um, you know, don't hurt your eyes with all that technology, like, yeah, well, or that's, whatever. That's, that's I, sound. Well, I was yeah. kind of like, what, what, is, what is he like playing like a virtual boy or something? Like, like <laughs> what, like if it's that bad, like, well, I mean, uh, I mean, th- that's something that we get, to, we get told that all the time to watch so much TV or rot your brain, you know? Yeah. But, but I mean, there's, there's legitimate, I mean, you know, I don't know if you work on computers and you come home and look at computers, that's, that's stuff that I do. You know, there, there is that notion of like, you know, Oh, you know, take, you know, a half an hour, take 10 minutes or take, you know what, like you need a break from like, you know, staring at a computer. I mean, I guess it's different now with like all the flat screens and stuff. They're better for your eyes and stuff. But I mean, I remember when it was just like the CRT monitors and that's what he has in there. I mean, that kind of stuff, You, I mean, people forget like the technology wasn't always as, you know, for monitors wasn't always as nice and clean as it is now, you know? So it's like there were, there, you know, there are moments where you have to like, you know, stare away and kind of, you know, oh, I'm just going to look at something normal and not a, a CRT monitor for like five or 10 minutes so I can sort of focus my eyes or whatever. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, that, that, that I guess seems sound, but you know, I, I, I guess I was thinking like kind of what you're saying, like there, 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 there are points that maybe they have, but I, I, I guess my only thing is I, I just don't think it's one extreme or the other. You know, I think there's, there's probably gray areas in between there. 
I, I don't think the boy is detached because of the technology. I think that's just his personality he's developed over time because yeah. the the kids in this, like, they're they seem to be pretty like ignored by their parents. The girl comes down and she's hugging everyone and the parents are just kind of like into their own thing. You know, the dad's on the phone and everyone's just kind of talking and doing their own thing. So I just think that maybe he was already feeling detached and isolated and he just kind of further got into like baseball and computers and whatnot. But like, as for like, you know, stuff today, like, I mean, I mean, you guys know, like I don't have a Facebook or any social media. Like I, I run out our fan hills Twitter, I and mean, that's it. Like, I don't even have a cell phone. So, like, I mean, sometimes I have – I sometimes I feel isolated, but that's my own choosing. I just don't want to use that stuff. And, like, if I'm having dinner with someone and they're, like, in their phone all the time, like, that gets on my nerves. But that, yeah, that's – to me, that's not a – that's not an isolation issue or a technology issue. That's, like, to me, that's a an issue of decorum and and – like yeah. you know respect you know like like it's like it's like that thing of you know it, it's the thing that people are always kind of like on about in today's day and age like people people are unconscious about that kind of thing it's like the the people that stay on their phones in a movie theater right like like don't you want like it's like has no one sat down and explained like you know it's kind of like what mike's saying like the the the, the young people that grow up learning how to use a tablet when they're three years old there's no one like sit down and tell them, okay, that's great that you can pull that off. But when, you know, I don't know, Pastor Joe comes over to deliver a sermon, like you, you have to put the tablet down and listen to him for five minutes. Like that's the, the polite thing to do, right? Like when, when you go to the movies or when you, you know, when you're at school and the teacher's talking to you, you know, that that's not the time to be scrolling through your phone and doing a swipe left or whatever. It's, it's, you, you've got to, you know, listen to the lecture or, you know, what whatever, is going on right like so it's not i don't know like like to me i don't i mean unless unless you're saying like oh they they ignore all that but i mean that i don't know that, that, to me that seems like it's less a problem with technology and more a problem with you know kind of educating people about best behavior and practices right like i, I don't know well, he's also like a 10-year-old boy. Maybe he wants to hang out with his friends. They say he's on a Little League team. I imagine if, like, he hit a home run at the game, he doesn't run around bases. And then when he gets to home plate, he looks at the dugout and goes, I like baseball and computers, and walks away, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then and then the other thing, too, is going going back to the whole, you know, trying to prove my point about the, the Kevin Williamson's Dawson's Creek dialogue. Like, you know, they, they've got this breakfast table conversation that they have, like when the parents walk off it to talk in private and like, you know, she, you know, Bridget is grilling Andrew, like, what do you think is going to happen? And they have all this dialogue about, you know, oh, you know, grandma's getting old. They're going to put her out to pasture like a horse and then they go off and die. And that's, that's why we're cracking jokes about you guys are going to put me and Tony in the old folks home because we can't run and we forget shit all the time. So clearly, like, that's the definition of old, right? So we're going to, that's the, the, the Webster's Oxford Dictionary textbook definition of old. So clearly, me and Tony are headed for the old folks home. Oh, God damn, that's why Justice gave me Vector Prime. <laughs> that, that's, that's, why, that's why you're getting, like, presents and shit. To, to buy you off or whatever so you don't make a big stink it's about it into the, the fucking kennel <laughs> but my favorite line of of that kid andrews was where he's like he's like you got a concern send a telegram to your congressman and i was like what 
little 11 year old talks like that like what 11 year olds like yeah send a telegram to your congressman i'm just like are you shitting me like who the fuck talks like that andrew oh yeah well tibby canoe and tyler too <laughs> and and the other thing is this is going to be my other thing and, and we haven't even gotten to like the really really wackadoo weird shit yet because we haven't even seen the goddamn hug a bunch people but i'm just saying we're just talking about the step we're, right we're just now, talking yeah. about the weirdness in the household and the family so it starts out with all this weird underlining stuff right and 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 also you know there is the notion that like you know the 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 hugs are frowned upon like she comes downstairs and tries to like give everybody morning hugs and of course the brother's like ew you're my sister get the fuck away from me which you know i gotta be honest that's probably pretty normal right like i mean but then it, you know it's like it, it doesn't seem like anybody else wants to be hugged either so so there is that notion of there, there's something a little off at least in the household like like nobody's on point as far as like being in a, in a loving household, going back to the whole, the parents are busy all the time with work and, and that kind of thing. So there's like other, other priorities that are, that, that are elevated, I guess, in that household. Yeah. That's like that weird family where like the mom, the, like the dad and the, like the son kiss on the mouth. You're like, well, what the fuck's wrong with you? Yeah. What I was going to say though, is that this lays the groundwork for my theory, which is that my theory is that, that Bridget is fucking Betty Cooper level crazy. Like, so, 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 cause, cause I don't, I, I don't think any of this shit that goes down is real. I think she made it all up cause she's a Looney Tune, Maxi Zoom, Dweeby, crazy fucking little girl. Okay. Cause, cause check this out. Look, look, look at the evidence, right? So they walk in, they're having breakfast and I just got to say, dude, did you see the fucking breakfast? I think that's where all the $1.4 million went to. Like, did you see that? There's like a plate of fucking strawberries and all this fucking pancakes and bacon and shit. I was like, damn, that's some nice spread. And it's just like for breakfast or whatever. But I was just like, there's all this stuff. So I think that's where the $1.4 million went. But anyway. Like gold flake around her pancakes. So they're eating breakfast. And, and then when she comes downstairs and does the hug thing, then she tells everybody, because cause they're like, she she's hearing like, voices and shit because they have like the weird ice cream truck noises like every time she hugs like the stuffed animals and shit that triggers the the hug a bunch of people right so she she hears all these weird noises and shit and there's this little creepy hand that comes out of the mirror and stuff but she doesn't quite see it yet right and and so she comes downstairs and she says i heard a little voice that comes from the mirror and i'm like Dude, if my child told me she was hearing little fucking voices, I would either check the goddamn closet for pedophiles or consider giving her medical attention, right? Because you're hearing, like, they're trying to play it off like, oh, little girls have imaginary friends, you know, or whatever, when they play with their dolls or whatever. But I don't know. It just seems really weird. And then, see, this is my other backup. It's not just that she says that, but then Graham's. It's inherited. It's inherited from the grandma who's also Betty Cooper level crazy. Because Grams then confirms this because it's genetics. It's passed down. Crazy genetics. Because she says, when I was little, I heard voices in the mirror too. And I'm like, what? What? You heard fucking voices? Red flag. <laughs> I'm like, this is not normal. This is not normal. You didn't fucking. They both fucking are hearing voices. Yeah, you go ahead and finish you know making your pancake sandwich. <laughs> you know what I thought was weird, like, and it speaks to your theory, Derek, is like 
when she's talking to the when the thing comes out of the mirror and like she's talking to it or brushing its hair or whatever, like grandma walks by and like looks in at her and then just keeps walking like she like <laughs> saw it, but then she didn't want like she thought she like she was like, Oh no, I'm just going crazy. Like forget it. I'm just gonna keep walking. Like Oh, she's talking to the hug demon. Okay, let's move along. Nothing to see here. Okay, oh, well, you I mean... see the hug demon too? Like <laughs> Then they go back to this Dawson's Creek or or like after school special dialogue because she's still mad at the little brother when they're having the conversation. You know, remember, she says there's a crisis and all that shit. And then and then what she says after he says, dude, it's crisis, dummy. Like her her dialogue is you sit there shoving space nuggets in your face like nothing's happening. And I was just like, okay, one, what the fuck is a space nugget? Like, what is that? I don't know what that is. And then and then I was like, the rest of it, too, it's like this after-school Emmy Award-winning dialogue from a seven-year-old. Like, I, I don't know, man. Like, this, it's just crazy. Like, Did you see that scene in, in Star Wars where, like, Obi-Wan and Luke were, like, traveling together and, like, you know, they stopped at a space McDonald's and Obi-Wan ordered him some space nuggets? Do, do we know they're space nuggets because they're blue? Is that what it is? Yes. It's like some space nuggets for the boy. Some space nuggets. You, you, you don't want to charge us for the extra sauce. We don't want to charge you for the extra sauce. You will give me the super size for free. I'll give you the super size for free. Move along. Well, she's also breaking the fourth wall in the beginning, and she doesn't do it the rest of the movie. Like, as soon as it starts, she's like, oh, hello there. I didn't see you come in. I'm Bridget. <laughs> <laughs> There's something very mystifying going on, audience. I'm Betty Cooper-level cray-cray. What if she came downstairs and she started singing? She's like, I'm starting with the man in the mirror. I'm <laughs> asking him to change his ways. <laughs> oh. Her parents will give a fuck about her, by the way. Yeah. We, we, we go back to the uh, pimp party with the stuffed animals and the tea or whatever, right? Because they're welcoming Sweet William so he can start <laughs> pimping out those other stuffed animals and shit, right? And, dude, speaking of that, like, I'm like, dude, Bridget has a three-way with her stuffed animals. That sets off the fucking hug-a-bunch alarms, because she's, like, hugging all of them at the same time. <laughs> she's having, like, a little menage a trois hug or whatever, and then all of a sudden it's like, like, the fucking hug-a-bunch alarm goes off. And then fucking, dude, I'm sorry, like, that moment that Huggins comes through the closet mirror, is that not the creepiest fucking shit? you've ever fucking seen like huggins comes out of the mirror her reaction was valid she was like oh man the, well see that that's that's what's crazy about it so so huggins comes through, okay huggins is like this i don't know cabbage patch looking thing with pink fucking hair and everything anyway it's just the head it's just a floating head on the mirror so it's like it's like this little decapitated head that's like floating in space so that's really weird and then the dialogue is like creepy too because because huggins is like well hi there cutie and i'm just like whoa, whoa what the fuck's going on and then bridge is like screaming for help and the other thing that i think is funny about that is like you notice nobody comes like she 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 literally is like help help there's a fucking floating head in my room like maybe they all know like maybe maybe they know it's like it's like Bridget didn't take her meds this morning. Like you know, she, we, we just gotta ignore that shit. 
the brother wouldn't hear to begin with because he's got his headphones on. Probably. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> there, we, we we can't we we can't give Bridget her meds. One of the side effects is excessive verbosity. <laughs> Something very mystifying is going on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, you scared me. I was flummoxed and flabbergasted and all discombobulated. <laughs> Maybe we're going about this all wrong. Maybe she's just got a word of the day calendar or something. <laughs> Dude, and then and then Huggins lets it slip that they've been watching her through the mirror for a long time, because that's not yeah, that's not creepy. That's not creepy as fuck. Like Huggins, like we've been watching you while you sleep. What? And then and then I think there's something to Tony's pimp theory too, because 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 <laughs> Huggins Huggins is like I have savoir faire, and and then and then it's like, well, what does that mean, Huggins? And uh, because Bridget doesn't know French, right? And then Huggins says it's charm, which isn't really accurate, but she says it's charm. And then and then she declares that she has lots of charm to go around. And I'm just kinda like, sweet William wants a piece of that, you know? I'm just like, what? <laughs> I want a piece of that charm. That's a bad outfit, Huggins. She's got a lot of it to go around for the right price. <laughs> and then huggins gets stuck in the washer and then she's getting blown dry oh my even even though bridget is completely batshit crazy like i think even she knows because like huggins is like she explains to huggins what the problem is like they're gonna send my grams to a retirement community it's a retirement community they're gonna send her to the old folks home and she's upset about it, and she wants to know what she can do, right? And Huggins' solution to a, what what I think is a very complex issue is hugs! Like, that's that's the solution, right? To hug. And, like, even Bridget knows that that shit don't fly, right? She's like, she's like this is the really fucking real world, Huggins. Like, hugs? Like She's like, what else do you got from me, sweet William? Like, what what, what else? Like. What else is there? Like, bitch, I got real problems. <laughs> so then they decide they're going to go to Huggaland because they, they find out about these, these fucking berries, right? The berries are supposed to, I don't know, like, or, or, or that they don't know about the berries yet, but she's like, oh. Yeah, they got to talk to the bookworm. Because bookworm knows things, and they'll ask bookworm how they can help besides, besides hugs. Yeah, that bookworm, he knows things, you know what I'm saying? He knows <laughs> Him and Sweet William, they got a racket going on 2nd and 45th. And, and she she says she has to be careful because she's never gone through a mirror before. And I'm like, well, that's a that's a relief that you've never crashed through a mirror before. She's not quite that far gone, right? Like so. Hey, when I was 21, I went through a bunch of mirrors, so, I mean, fuck. Except that, except that one time I overdosed on my insanity pills. The, the first person that Bridget meets when they cross over to Huggaland is Hugsy, which is... Mike's avatar. Justin may know what I'm talking about, but like when Hugsy first shows up, he's like, What do you say, Bridget? And I was like thinking of like Cliff Robertson in the dummy, like in the Twilight Zone, <laughs> where he's like, What do you say? What do you say? And I was like, Oh I'm scared. Like it's creeping me out and shit. And then they, they go through like this whole cast. I mean, I don't know I, I didn't do enough research on this. Like I don't know if these were all legit like dolls, like hug a bunch dolls. One of the motherfuckers was named Tweaker. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck? Tweaker? Like, 
Um, I mean, I mean, we we had what what was the one we had in the comic like Tuggins or some shit? I was like, they got all these like it's like this is supposed to be this like family friendly line of dolls, and they have like the most obscene fucking names: Tickles, Bubbles, Imkins, Tweaker. Uh, <laughs> this is my other like brother, Reno Handjob, and this is Rimshot. And, <laughs> and here's our here's our friend from south of the border, Dirty Sanchez. <laughs> Jeez. This is probably the best thing. This is where all the 1.4 million went to because they they have the musical number, right? Where they they do the hug song, the you know we hug we hug. Tripper balls off and fly in the air. I noticed in one part when it looked like they were dancing or you know the puppets or whatever were dancing like the set was shaking like wildly. Yeah, it's, it's like it's like clearly they were on a sound stage and then and then it was like, you know, like almost like a Desi Lu Star Trek thing, you know, they had all the painted back or the monkeys, like the same thing, the painted backdrops and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I don't know, like, I mean, they look nice, like, I don't know if they're 1.4 million nice, but... Oh, okay, I'm confused now, because, like, there were two musical sequences. Yes. Is it, in sequence, is it sequence one or two where we see the babies? Because that freaked me out, like, I, I thought that was really bizarre. The, I think it's the sequence, the first sequence, because the second sequence is just them on a road trip, right? They get in the car. Mm, oh, okay. They, they get in the car to drive to Bookworm's mm-hmm. book home tower or whatever the fuck it is the baby thing weirded me out because i was like okay well i mean we know where babies come from but i was like does that mean they like make babies or are these magic babies and i don't know they just when i first saw it like my thought was does hugsy like get a lot of play because <laughs> <laughs> uh... i'm like what who else is there it's just hugsy right like the rest of them like, okay, I don't know. Anyway. Hugsy gets tweaker to get everybody doped up, and then you know, and then he, the night the night goes on. And like in the middle of all this fucking music and shit, Huggins forgot why the fuck they were there in the first place because they had a big fucking hug fest during this musical number. And it's like they have to remind them this is why we're actually here is to save the fucking grandmother. And she's like, oh, I forgot. And I was just like, wait, what? Like, that's the whole that's the whole reason why you're there. Like, I don't understand. And and then and then Bookworm basically when they they, they finally get to ask him right uh, about and I was like, is Bookworm like uh, Peter Cushing because he's like rolling all his R's and stuff? He's like affection, abundance of hugging, knowledge that they are needed. You know, like and, and so I was just kind of like, oh, okay. He's also kind of a dick, yeah. He's like, you will need to go to the young berry tree, you know? I was like, what? Okay. It was a cool puppet, though. Some more money, you know? Like, Was it, though? Like, that scene where he's reading the book? Like, it's just two hands that come out from underneath, yeah. and they were, like, human hands? And I was like, oh, that looks so fucking cheap. Like, that yeah. wasn't 1.4 million. Like, what? <laughs> like, that wasn't... I mean, the mouth part. I mean, I mean, the puppet itself, but I was just like, why, dude, it's just a dude who, it's like some, the puppeteer or somebody had like white gloves on, and then it's like the arms don't even look like they're coming out of the puppet, because they're clearly coming from like behind the the door wall or whatever, like that was, that was really weird. 
he was he was smart, not well articulated. <laughs> and so they they walk down not the yellow brick road, but the sideways sidewalk, which makes a person's tummy feel very very curious. Very mystifying <laughs> how I feel, you know, like that kind of thing. I didn't believe I had the vapors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and then and then I, I thought it was funny because the, the way they make it out, like, oh, the sea of glass, like, like they're gonna go through a sea of glass, and like, as far as I could tell, all it turned out to be was like breaking glass sound effects. Like, I don't really remember a sea of glass, but <laughs> I think I remember a matte painting, but they never actually got to it. And the other thing that I think is very interesting is. Huggins, when they get to the sign about gravity, like the the gravity ends here, so then they all fall off the sideways sidewalk or whatever, which they should probably all die, but they don't. Huggins says, what does it say, Bridget? And I was thinking about Tony and Wayne's World yesterday, because I was like, clearly with all the fucking hugging, the hug-a-bunch, like, I never learned to read! <laughs> What's going on? I, I think those scenes are like, you know, where they're, they're entering the, the whatever, the, the domain of no hugging good stuff or whatever, and when they're falling off the yellow brick rod, it's like it's just an excuse to throw those fucking dolls. But it, do, it, doesn't, it doesn't seem to support the theory that hugs solve all problems, because if you're illiterate, clearly hugging did not solve <laughs> your illiteracy, right? Like, I don't... Okay, I don't know. Anyway, falling rocks. I can't read it. Let's just hug. <laughs> let, let, let's <laughs> hug, and then and then whoever lands on the bottom is fucked. But the hug saved one of us. Um. <laughs> it, at least they didn't fall into the river of condoms or something. <laughs> I mean, how many condoms can the fucking hugsy possibly go through? I mean. Apparently not many, because there ain't how many little babies there are. Yeah, the babies, yeah. <laughs> so they come across the, the hairy behemoth, which looks like a fire-breathing woolly mammoth, I guess, that they somehow turn into this cutesy, like, I don't know, patchwork-like... It's the gump from fucking Return of Oz. Come yeah, on. yeah. There, there's a lot of Oz influences in this. I mean, the sidewalk is obviously the yellow brick road, but then, like, the, the when he, the elephant turned into, like, the he called himself like patchwork elephant or something i was like well that's another like oz reference and then you know of course at the end you've got the queen i was thinking of like i mean she looks like the you know the queen from like um what snow white yeah but i was like i could kind of see an oz influence in that too kind of but i was like are they just kind of stealing from like wizard of oz from now on i don't know i was just gonna say like going on your your hug tirade like when they meet like that fire breathing woolly mammoth with tusks that could impale you, Huggy's like, "Well, he's just a creature, and if I hug it, everything will be okay." And I'm like, "Yeah, because if I meet <laughs> Satan, if I just give him a good old squish, we're going to be fine." Well, that's how that's how Brad Pitt beat the grizzly bear at the end of Legends of the Right. He gave it <laughs> he gave it a hug. <laughs> yeah. uh... <laughs> Well, for for all the shit we're giving them, like it worked. Like he tamed the fiery woolly beast or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, he did. He did. He did. Kind of like an idiot. Like, well, thank you. I forget everything. My name is Bahurbagurba <laughs> or whatever. They are still illiterate though. But yeah, they they fixed the woolly mammoth into an elephant that looks like he's a part of a Dr. Seuss book or something now. <laughs> When he when he like changed from the woolly mammoth to like the like stupid elephant, I was like, I think he's more terrifying as like the cute elephant. Yeah, kind of, kind of. 
So the the Queen's Castle, like the architecture, like it kind of reminds me a little bit of like Burton and Beetlejuice. Like everything's like mm-hmm. on like angles and stuff, mm-hmm. and looks all kind of like warped and distorted. So that's kind of what that reminded me of. I I, I think this predates. Beetlejuice, so I can't really say they stole anything, but I, I don't know if if the one of Tim Burton's like short films had been out by then or anything like that. But or maybe they were just stealing from the um, uh, cabinet of Dr. Caligari or something. Mm-hmm. Okay. I knew they stole the drawbridge from Castle Grayskull. That's for damn sure. I forget who said that, that, that you thought the the queen was the nurse, right? Like, or I think Mike said he thought maybe it was yeah. the same actress, like. I don't know. The Queen kind of reminded me of Captain Janeway for some reason. Like, <laughs> Same disposition. Yeah. And I think I think I think my favorite part, my, my favorite part of the whole thing, is when Bridget is like to the Queen. She says straight up, "I'm an American citizen. I don't have to kneel down to any old buddy." And I'm like, "Yeah, Bridget. Yeah, wrote that Constitution. You tell her." I, I don't. I get a Simpsons flashback. It's like, what else are you gonna do with the Queen of England coats busted? <laughs> <laughs> I'm an American citizen. I don't kneel to no one. Take that, Queen Activia. Oh, oh, the, the, by the way, speaking of acting again, Derek. Okay, the Queen wasn't bad as far as overacting because she's a villain. She's kind of supposed to. But man, when she hit her higher register, I was like, oh, my ears. Or was that just me? Yeah, she got kind of screechy when she got yeah, excited. But, but who could forget the shrugs? You you can debate me on this or not, but since they all get locked up in the dungeon or whatever, like the 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 hug a bunch people, and they, they freeze um bridges. So she's like suspended in time or some shit or whatever, right? So Hodgepodge is the one that frees them from the cell, right? So my argument and you, you may disagree with me, but my thing is hugs didn't get them broken out of jail, right? Like, it was it was brute strength. But then, I guess you could argue that, what, Hugsy hugged him to get him on their side, so without him hugging him, they couldn't have broken out of the jail, but I, I don't know. This would have been great if Hodgepodge looked behind him after he, like, wrecked that door and he said, fuck your hugs! <laughs> of course, the hugs release Bridget from the carbonite freeze chamber or whatever she's stuck in, right? So, like, could you imagine if, like, Chewbacca just hugged Han in the carbonite and then he, like, sparkled out of it like like it was that easy like, <laughs> i'm out of it for a little while and hug a bunch gets delusions of grandeur it's all right buddy let's just get those young berries guys <laughs> we've been waiting for luke but he's too busy eating space nuggets all <laughs> <laughs> well, he cares about his computers and then laser ball <laughs> so so question serious ser- serious super serious or serious or question does Bridget kill the queen? Oh, yes. 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 Okay. Absolutely. So to save her grandma, to save her grandma, Bridget stood over her body while she rapidly aged and said, "Such heroic nonsense." <laughs> <laughs> so 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 she 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 killed so her grandma could could stay young apparently. Yeah. Okay. I'm just checking. And, and, and I mean, I, I mean, not to get too deep in this, you know, you said super serious question. All the like evil queen really wanted to be was young, and she didn't really kill anybody. Bridget was frozen, but she was going to live forever, never dying. 
She had people and, locked up, but they weren't being tortured. They're just in an easily escapable cell. So she deserves to die by having her hand crushed and turning into stone. I mean, that's kind of uh, extreme. Well, you know, you know, though, she 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 committed the ultimate faux pas because she outlaws hugging in her castle. She just got hugged. Yeah. That's that's anathema to the hug bunch, right? Like that, that's I mean, if you're in hug a land and you outlaw hugging, like I, I guess that's a death sentence. Like I mean, that's that's what it sounds like. That bitch was hug Hitler to those kids. <laughs> But but if your Betty Huggler. theory if your Betty theory is right, then no one died, Derek. That's true. Then then no one died at all. This was all just made up bullshit in her mm-hmm. head. Like Bridget's brain cells died, but that was about it. <laughs> it is all in her alphabet soup she was eating one afternoon. Well, you know you know why I think it's true, right? They go through all the trouble to get these fucking young berries. They jump down a deep dark hole. They go into dungeons. They fight the fucking mammoth and hug them and all this other bullshit. They kill this queen. Leave her to grow old and die, right? While she's, like, groping for her key that's locked behind the tree or whatever. They get back through the mirror, and they drop every last one of the... I mean, it's like they got a Nicolas Cage jelly bean-sized jar of fucking young berries. (laughs) And they drop every last motherfucking one of them on the floor. And to me, I'm like, this preserves the the insanity, right? Like, like you can't you can't prove her wrong. She she went there, but I I'm sorry, we we dropped them all. We 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 didn't mean to, but we did. And when you drop the young berries on the floor, they magically also disappear. So now we can't use them. And she's like, I'm fucked. We don't have the young berries. What are we gonna do? Like this, she was going into like like game over mode. Like, game over, man. Game over, man. <laughs> Why don't you put Hugsy in charge? <laughs> <laughs> It'd been funny if she looked into the camera and said, "I'm fucked." <laughs> <laughs> or, or she said, "Grandma's fucked." Or she's like, she's like, uh, this day really turned into the fucking. Uh, uh. Oh, that bitch dead. Ah, <laughs> uh, so she thinks everything's you know. But then I, they they give her one last bit of advice. They say, make sure you give her a big hug goodbye because you never know what might happen. At that point, if I was Bridget, I would start throwing those motherfuckers against the wall. Just shut up with your fucking hugs. But it worked though. But but it works. It and but but you know what else Bridget had to do? She gave Andrew a straight up ultimatum. She said, "If you do not fucking hug Grams, I will never speak to you again." Like she straight up tells <laughs> him that, right? And so then, I mean, Andrew finally like sort of you know cracks at the end there and says, "Don't go. I don't want you to go." And because Andrew does that, then everybody runs over. Except for Aunt Ruth, which is why I was like, is she really related to them? Because she doesn't come over in the big family group hug. And then eventually they kind of twist her arm. And that's when you get the haven't you ever seen a grown nurse cry line. And I mean, that's that's pretty much it, except for they have a little kind of end tag where Andrew comes back looking at her baseball cap, which they had given to Huggins on the previous trip. And then this creepy ass hug a hand comes out of the goddamn mirror and and gives it back and then and then he you know is no wiser so again like i think bridget is just betty cooper level crazy she stole the fuck cap <laughs> and made all this shit up about young berries and 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 so we end with with cray cray bridget she's waving goodbye to a fucking mirror 
and then the special finally ends. And that's like 48 minutes that you'll never get back. But I mean, there's no way, like there's no way another human being can convey to another human being what this is like. Like we, we can sit here and talk about it for, for an hour, but anybody listening, you won't understand unless you actually go out and watch this crazy, crazy piece of crap. So this, this is like this is like the kids in like Stranger Things when they went to the Upside Down and like came back and like describe it. Fuck, I don't know. <laughs> oh, by the way, like at the end when like Huggins puts the hat through the mirror, like she should have just whispered, "No one's ever really gone," and then had to like the emperor <laughs> laugh, you know. <laughs> Okay. Like the hat uh, came from the mirror. Like, watch, I'll show you. And she like puts her fist through the mirror and like pulls it on this little glass in her arm. Like, ow! She's just like holding like her bloody hand. Now hug me. Uh, I didn't really think about Bridget being crazy, but uh, I don't know, man. I think you got a solid theory going there. That's 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 my thought. I'm sticking to it. Jesus. Ah, oh, man. One point four million dollars. <laughs> And it won an Emmy. Well, like, were the Emmys hard up that year or something? Like, I don't believe that. Like, that's bullshit. Well, you know, <laughs> I, I bet you, I bet you, because it doesn't specify. Well, number one, I bet you it was a daytime Emmy, so those don't oh, count for shit. All right. Yeah. And and it was children's yeah. programming in 1985. So so uh, like, I'd say 99.9% .9 chance it was a daytime Emmy, not like an Emmy Emmy. And then on top of that, like, what, was it like a special category? Like literally, it was. Best in children's programming or something like that. Well, for, I, I was for, gonna say for, like, like best children's programming based on a hug-based philosophy goes to. I I wonder what it went up against though, like the Ewok cartoon or like something we know. Like I'd be kind of curious about that. Hmm, yeah, I have no idea. You know, I I always feel those are skewed too. Like they never pick anything that kids actually watched. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it, it's always something like that was totally like random or something. So. I, to, to me, I would think it'd be like, it, it's not like to me, I'm like, I'm like, you know how like you're like, oh, yeah, I, I wanted to watch like Pee Wee's Playhouse. I'm like, I, I don't think that would have been competing against it. You know what I mean? Like it would have been something you'd never heard of before. Mm. Yeah, it's like, what, 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 what won this year? Oh, I hope Alf Tales wins. It's like Kissy first. Like, go fuck yourself. Hey, yeah. hey, don't malign Kissy fur in my presence. Do not, do not <laughs> malign Kissy fur it was about it was about bears on the bayou and they were in a fucking cool ass boat and they drove away from crocodiles and shit it was awesome i never got that into it i mean i don't know you and your fucking hug a bunches and kissy furs <laughs> and all this shit there i don't know what you're talking about shit kissy fur is light years better than this justice league international blah ha ha podcast a new monthly show chronicling the adventures of the jli era by keith giffen and jmd mateus will be going issue by issue in release order tackling the core Justice League title, Justice League Europe, and the quarterly book. Along the way, we'll take time out for special episodes covering various spin-offs, cartoon appearances, the infamous TV pilot, and much more. So join me in an ever-changing roster of guest hosts as we celebrate your favorite JLI members, such as... Martian Manhunter. Batman. Dr. Fate. Black Canary. Fire. Ice. Maxwell Lord. Oberon. Captain Marvel. Rocket Red, Captain Adam, Mr. Miracle, Guy Gardner, Booster Gold, Blue Beetle, Nort, and many, many more. Justice League International, Blah Ha Ha Podcast, part of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Want to make something of it? Attention. 
Attention all personnel. New from the Fire and Water Podcast Network, it's MASHCAST. Hosted by MASH megafan Rob Kelly and a rotating cast of VIPs, MASHCAST analyzes episode by episode the greatest television series of all time, MASH. Find MASHCAST on fireandwaterpodcast.com. But yeah, I mean, that that's pretty much it, unless anybody else has any last thoughts. I just wanted to kind of get all this off my chest. I wanted to, you know, force other people to watch this atrocity other than myself. Like, my, I'm like, if my soul is going to be blackened and stained, I'm going to stain and blacken all your souls as well. So that's that that was my only uh, goal with this. And, and, and it does fit the mandate, right? I mean, I guess just to ask you oh, yeah. all, right? This is this is weird as shit, right? Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. OK. Indeed. OK. OK. I'll yeah, let's get over like uh, the like soulless, like weird, like automaton, but overly cutesy thing that is supposed to be shoved down our throats. Then you can like watch the hug a bunch like dolls and be all right. I feel I I almost feel like this movie is one of the inspirations for the Angel episode Smile Time. <laughs> it very well could be, yeah. I wonder. I wonder if somebody who worked on Angel like like worked on this a long time ago. Is it earned part of that one point four million? You know, there there's some odd similarities, right? I don't know. That if Angel, that angel episode involved this. like the puppets like seducing kids through a screen or whatever. So yeah, it, it, it may very well have. I guess what we have to ask like Tim Minear or somebody like did, did you. Maybe maybe you can get on the I think Twitter. Ben, and... ben, I think Ben Edlin wrote ben Edlin? that episode. Oh, so, maybe yeah. maybe we got to tweet Ben Edlin and be like, "Dude, did did this did this have anything to do with Smile Time?" So, Derek, which is weirder, this or Ghostlight? Um, th- this. <laughs> I think. I mean, okay. I mean, I like Ace. Like, I mean, like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, yeah, this is this, this, definitely this. Like, <laughs> this is this. <laughs> I, I feel very strongly about this. This is why I asked all of you all to watch it because this is, this is very strange. Uh, I want a hug from Ace. That's what I want. That, that might, that might very well solve all of our problems. <laughs> if if you if you would like a hug from Ace or a hug from the Hug a Bunch, go ahead and shoot us an email at fanhallspodcast at gmail dot com. If you want to check out the backlog of our episodes, if you want to check out other Blue Cupcake episodes or other Attack of the Blue Cupcakes Month episodes, go to fanholespodcast.blogspot.com. We're on all kinds of social media. We're on Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We are not isolated. You can reach us there, and we know you've reached us there because we appreciate all the likes, retweets, hearts, shares, feedback, you know, retweets, all that good stuff. And we are available on Stitcher Radio, we can be found on iTunes, we can also be found now on Google Play and Spotify. And I guess that's going to do it for tonight, so this is going to be Derek, Derek WC, call your congressman, I guess, signing off. It is a sweet William, and where's my money, man? Where's my money? (laughs) This is Justin, and this podcast is making my stomach feel very curious. Alright, this is Tony, and all I gotta say is, Grandma has to leave, because I don't think even this 10-bedroom house can sustain this fucking 20-pound bag of crazy we got in here. (laughs) (laughs) 
you know, what the actual fuck? <laughs> <laughs> does, does someone need a hug? Uh, it, it, it clearly will. Oh, I need some young berries. <laughs> yeah, me and Tony definitely need young berries. If anything's the textbook definition of old, we forget shit and we can't run. That's that's me and Tony. We're certainly in need of some fucking young berries. <laughs> me and Mike are gonna send you guys to a home. <laughs> Uh, We've already been talking about it. Let me get my hat. Uh, It'll be okay, guys. We'll podcast on Christmas and holidays and everything. The 4th of July. What the fuck is that about? I'll make you hamburgers and we'll podcast. Dude, I was I was editing that Comics Mofo thing, so that song is like was stuck in my head for like days. Let's go through. Derek, that's the way to the zoo. That's the way to the zoo. <laughs> maybe, maybe the aunt should have just like collapsed on the floor and just started sobbing. Dude, should we, I just sh- wanted sh- to help. Should should we do like a, a a song off? Like that's the way to the zoo versus the hug song. <laughs> yes. That's the way to the hugs and hugs zoo. Man, you told me they didn't make space nuggets anymore. (laughs) What I told you was true from a certain point of view. (laughs) (laughs) Gee, Ben, I feel really full and ready for the day. Only Imperial Space Nuggets can give you the fiber and protein that you need for a busy day. Kid, I've flown around the galaxy. I've seen a lot of blue space nuggets, but I've never seen anything to make me believe in an all-powerful hug. Space nuggets, uh, they surround us. (laughs) Surrounds us and binds us. Or binds our bowels, yeah. That's no moon, that's a space nugget. (laughs) Now I am the master of breakfast. Oh, you're the only master of evil. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. You were talking about their breakfast. I was like, well, that's kind of like what we have. I mean, we have that stuff. I mean, not every morning, but we, I don't know. I no, no, I, I, mean, I, mean, I, I, I love breakfast, but that's why I was just like, not every, like. It, it and they, was had, like they had two breakfast tables in the same room. Yeah. That that was kind of oh they were hobbits they had they had they had first breakfast and second breakfast already lined <laughs> up. Indeed. By the way, did they ever explain why she was making that fucking like pancake sandwich? I thought she was gonna feed it to um yeah that's to the hugger right. Yeah. I mean I that's don't know. What I, thought too. I mean maybe yeah. maybe all they need is hugs though. I don't know. Maybe they don't have to live off pancakes. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like is that is that what happens to uh, uh, Fitz and Simmons when they're stranded on the alien planet? Like instead of oxygen and hu- and uh, food, it's like oh just just hug me, Gemma. It's like oh, I'll hug you, Fitz, and then they're fine. It's okay. They don't. Asphyxiate you chained if you chain Huggins up in a basement for like years and years and years, and you come back and she's all like emaciated, and she's like, I need hugs. <laughs> <laughs> Give me some hugs. Is that is that they, she turns into like child's play or some shit? Yeah. I, went, I went to a television when you first started describing that. I was like, what if you had like hug his chain up in a basement and like you like hooked her up to like a like you know all your electronics just hugged her away every day and like you know powered your house till he died? <laughs> what were they called? Hug explosions? 
Well, seeing as how Huggins is a figment of fucking Bridget's fucking imagination, I don't think it's going to do anything. But <laughs> Oh, dearie, I used to tell this as well. <laughs> what the fuck? Well, what, if, what if, like, Grandma was just playing along and she, like, walked by Bridget's room and she was like, oh, dear, she's blow-drying the air again. Oh, well, that's my crazy granddaughter. <laughs> <laughs> she keeps feeding pancakes to no one. And she doesn't even know how to use the syrup to, to canter. She's <laughs> like, drop. And she just, like, waved it around and didn't pour any more. It's like, that's enough. <laughs> Something very mystifying is going on with the pancakes. <laughs>